0: Welcome to Ancient Words, Modern Message. I'm your host, Roger Womble. The past is a mirror, and the more we examine what came before us, the more we can understand where we are heading. Welcome to this edition of Ancient Words, Modern Message. I'm your host, Roger Womble. And today, I invite you to settle in for the third of our Bagel Side Chats, entitled, The Light of the World in the Festival of Lights. In the month of December, nearly all of the 15.2 million Jewish people around the world will enjoy the festive holiday of Hanukkah, with all of its traditional features. But many people, including most of the Jewish people, are unaware of the spiritual lessons to be learned at this season, especially as they light the Hanukkah candle stand and place it in their window on each of the eight evenings of the holiday. Please join me as together we consider the significance of that candle stand and how God can use it to convey a powerful and life-changing message. Shalom, dear friends. I'm glad to be with you through this podcast for an informal Bagel Side Chat number three. In Exodus chapter 19, verses 5 and 6, God, through Moses, speaks to the Jewish people, the nation of Israel, as they are still in the wilderness making their way to the promised land regarding his plan and his purpose for them as a people, for a nation. Exodus chapter 19, verses 5 and 6. Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and an holy nation. It is very clear from those words that God's plan and purpose for the Jewish people is that they would represent him, God, to the world. Sadly, we understand that the Jewish people did not really fulfill that purpose. In fact, uh, through history, there were many times when they rebelled against God, disobeyed God, and experienced judgment from God for that disobedience and that rebellion. And so now, uh, for a period of time, God has set aside the Jewish people, the nation of Israel, from their role of being a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And instead, he has moved another group of people onto the stage to fulfill that purpose for him presently. That group of people is none other than the Church of Jesus Christ, composed of all true believers in the Lord Jesus, Jews and Gentiles alike, in one body, one people group, the Church. This is what Peter is talking about in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, where he speaks to the Church today. And this is what he says, "...but ye are a chosen generation." a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a people of his own, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so presently we understand that the role of a kingdom of priests, a holy nation, representing God to the world and conveying the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world has fallen to the church. But this is just temporary. There is a time in the future when the church will be removed from the setting, and once again God will be moving the nation of Israel, the Jewish people, onto center stage, and ultimately they will indeed fulfill his purpose of being a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. It is this to which the prophet Zechariah points— when he's looking into the far distant future prophetically, and he describes this day uh, in Zechariah chapter 8, verse 23, when he says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, in those days—that is to say, in the future—in those days it shall come to pass that ten men shall take hold out of all languages of the nations Even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, We will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. That is a description of a time when the Jewish people will finally fulfill uh, this God given purpose. But even though the nation of Israel, the Jewish people, have been set aside for a period of time in this role, Nonetheless, God uh, in his providence has determined that he will still use them as a way of conveying the truth of his word and the truth of the gospel to the rest of the world. Now, this is not really by their, their intent and purpose. Rather, it is God's hand upon them And I choose to refer to them as a people and in their religious practice presently as a reluctant priesthood, because uh, that is not a purpose that they have chosen. It's not a purpose which they have fulfilled. But nonetheless, in some amazing ways, God is using them even now as a people group and in their religious and cultural practice as a way of conveying spiritual truth and especially spiritual truth of the gospel to the rest of the world. One of the places in which this is is most beautifully demonstrated is in uh, the Jewish observance of of a holiday that is very special to the Jewish people, and it is the Jewish holiday of Hanukkah. And this year, Hanukkah is observed beginning at sundown on uh, Thursday, December the 7th, and continues for eight days. The reason why it is an eight-day holiday will become clear as we speak of that in just a few moments. But first, a reminder of what Hanukkah is all about, and a brief history lesson a reminder that for a long period of time, there was a dynasty of Hellenistic, that is Greek for the most part, rulers who controlled the part of the world that included the land of Israel. And in fact, uh, that dynasty is known as the Seleucid dynasty. One of the rulers of the Seleucid dynasty was a man named Antiochus, and he was actually the fourth Seleucid ruler uh, to uh, have uh, that name, Antiochus. And so he is Antiochus IV when he uh, ascended to the rulership of the Seleucid uh, dynasty and Seleucid empire uh, in uh, 175 B.C., he gave to himself the title Epiphanes. And so he was known as Antiochus Epiphanes. That name Epiphanes uh, meaning, uh, in Greek, God who is manifest. In fact, he presented himself as being God, a God, or equal to God. Antiochus, who ruled over, among other areas, the area that we now know as the land of Israel, with the Jewish people at that period of time, had a great disdain for the Jewish people. And in fact, as a Hellenistic Greek dictator, really, uh, he showed that disdain when in 168 BC, he went into the temple in Jerusalem and he desecrated the temple by placing there idols of many false Greek gods. But the greatest insult to the Jewish people was when Antiochus uh, ordered that there be a pig sacrificed on the altar of sacrifice uh, in the temple in Jerusalem. The, the most unkosher of all animals to be sacrificed. And it was, of course, his way, Antiochus' way, of uh, showing his disdain for the Jewish people? Well, there was a group of Jews. In fact, there was one family of Jews in particular. The head of that family was a man named Mattathias. Uh, And actually, Mattathias had five sons. The best known of those sons was a man named Judas, not to be confused with the Judas of Jesus' day. And these five sons decided that they had had enough of the the insults of Antiochus Epiphanes, and they rose up and led a militia of Jewish people to rebel against the Seleucid control. And after extensive fighting— In 165 BC, they were successful in driving out the control of Antiochus and his Seleucid dynasty. They were so powerful, they were so fierce, they were so strong, that uh, these five brothers got a nickname as a group. They were called the Maccabees. And in fact, the Hebrew word from which that English word Maccabees is taken means hammer. So they were so powerful and strong that they were known as the hammer brothers, or each one was known as the hammer. Well, now the Jews themselves were in control for the first time in a long time of their own temple in Jerusalem in 165 BC. But as they entered the temple and began to remove all of the objects of desecration that had contaminated the temple, and decided that they were going to now rededicate the temple to the worship of the one true God, the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, And in fact, the word dedication uh, is what gives us the Hebrew word which gives us the English word for the Jewish holiday at this time of the year. The Hebrew word is Hanukkah, Hanukkah, and that means dedication. And it gives us Hanukkah, the Hebrew word, the English word Hanukkah. So it is, in fact, a time to commemorate the the dedication of the temple after the desecration under Antiochus. There was a problem, however. The problem is that when they arrived at the temple for this dedication or rededication, they discovered that there was only one day supply of oil that uh, was ritually pure for use in lighting the seven branch menorah, the lampstand, in the holy place in the temple. Only one day supply of oil. And it would take at least eight days to prepare, according to ritual guidelines, the uh, the next supply of ritually pure olive oil. Nonetheless, they went ahead and lit the menorah while they waited for there to be another supply of oil to be prepared. And amazingly, truly amazingly, one day's supply of oil lasted not just one day, but a second day, and a third, and a fourth, and a fifth, and a sixth, and a seventh, and an eighth, in fact, one day's supply of oil lasted for eight days. And by that time, there was another supply of oil available. Every year, around the month of in December, in the month of December... Sometimes it's earlier, sometimes it's later in December, sometimes it's closer closer to our Christmas. Jewish people commemorate the fact that there was a miracle in the temple, that one day supply of oil lasted eight days. In fact, that's why there's another name given to Hanukkah, the dedication, the Feast of Dedication, and it is the Festival of Lights, the Festival of Lights, because it commemorates the lighting of the menorah, the lampstand in the temple. But it is also a time for Jewish people to remember uh, when God miraculously led their people under the Maccabees to uh, drive out the oppression of the Seleucid Empire uh, under Antiochus Epiphanes. Now more than ever, this year in 2023 because of what is happening, the war uh, in Israel against Hamas and the oppression and the uh, the terrorism of Hamas, now more than ever, it's a time for Jewish people to remember what God did miraculously for their ancestors so long ago. But now One of the main features of the observance of Hanukkah is actually the uh, lampstand that is placed in the windows of Jewish homes for eight days this year, beginning on Thursday, December the 7th, and continuing for eight days. But this particular lampstand is different from the menorah that was in the temple, the seven branch lampstand, because the Hanukkah menorah which, by the way, is called a Hanukkiah, a Hanukkiah. The Hanukkah menorah has not seven branches, but rather it has nine branches. And it is very interesting to consider why is it that over centuries and centuries of observing Hanukkah, the Jewish people have decided that they will use a nine-branch lampstand rather than a 7 or we might say, why not an eight-branch lampstand because there are eight nights to Hanukkah? Uh, oil lasted not one day, but eight days miraculously. The answer lies in the fact that there is one of those nine candle holders, one of those nine candles, which is actually lit at the very beginning of of each of the eight nights of Hanukkah and then is lit first uh, and is used to light each of the other lights on the candle stand in successive evenings, which is to say that on the first evening of Hanukkah, this one candle is lit first and then it is used to light one other candle, then on the second night, this uh, specific candle is lit first, and then it is used to light two candles, and so forth, until on the ninth or the eighth day of Hanukkah, the first uh, distinctive candle is used, and it lights eight others until on the eighth day of Hanukkah, there are nine candles lit. But what is that all about? It's interesting to consider Uh, First of all, that candle, the one that is used to light all of the others, has a name. It is called the shamish candle. The shamish candle. That word shamish means, uh, in Hebrew and then in Yiddish, it means servant. So it is called the servant candle. And it's called the servant candle because it serves a purpose it is the one that is used to light each of the others uh, interesting to know that in the synagogue today uh, the the name that is given to the person who actually acts in the synagogue as what we might consider to be a janitor or a sexton is called the shamish he's the servant of the synagogue because he serves as the janitor, the sexton, he's the one that cleans up, closes up, takes care of the facilities, and makes sure that everything is clean. But he is the servant, and this candle on the Hanukkah, the Hanukkah menorah, is called the servant candle because it serves as one that uses that is used to light all of the other candles. But though there are many, many, many different varieties of a of Hanukkiah, uh, the plural was Hanukkiyot, the plural Hanukkiahs or Hanukiot. there are many, many different varieties. And yet on each and every one, that specific candle, the shamish candle that is used to light the others, is always clearly indicated in many cases on the Hanukkiah it is higher than the others. In many cases, if it's not higher than the others necessarily, it is given a distinct position that is elevated above the others. Sometimes it is in the very center. Sometimes it is uh, it is on a place on the Hanukkah in a place on the Hanukkah that it is clearly that this one is different and this one is special and this one is really uh beyond the others, and higher than the others. It's a strange thought that the servant candle would have a position of prominence and elevation in the Hanukkah. Now, you'll remember that earlier in this podcast, I mentioned that God's purpose for the Jewish people was, and still is, that they would be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. Uh, That God has for a period of time, set aside the Jewish people, and now is uh, fulfilling that purpose through another group of people, the church. But still, the Jewish people, in their religious and cultural practice, are used by God to declare the truth of God and the truth of the gospel to the rest of the world. So, what is the symbol of the nine branch lampstand and the shamish candle? that is used to light all of the others? Well, let's step back from that a bit and remember some things that we are told in God's Word about Jesus, the one whom God sent to be the Jewish Messiah and the Savior of the world. We read in the Gospel of John, chapter 8, That uh, Jesus spoke these words, John chapter 8, verse 12. Then spoke Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but he shall have the light of life. Jesus claims to be the light of the world. How interesting that at Hanukkah, Jewish people light the Hanukkiah, put it in their window so that people outside can see the light, and they actually see the light shining brightly in their window. But let's also remember that uh, in another place in the gospel, uh, the mother of James and John came to Jesus and asked that he would be, they would be, her sons would be given positions of elevation and prominence when Jesus would establish his kingdom. That was the occasion for Jesus to remind the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, to remind her and his disciples to follow his example and that is to not seek exaltation and elevation, but rather to be servants. We read in Matthew chapter 20, verses 27 and 28, that Jesus on that occasion said to his disciples, And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus made it clear that he came into the world for the express purpose of being a servant, a shamesh. Isn't it interesting, then, that this ninth candle on the nine-branch Hanukkah is called the servant candle because it is first of all the light of the hanukkiah and then as a servant it lights each of the others successfully successively uh, now what is also very interesting is the position of prominence of the shamish candle on the hanukkiah once again we are reminded of this that we read in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. Philippians 2, 5 through 11, where the Apostle Paul challenges the followers of Jesus to follow his example of humility and servanthood. But then he goes on to say, what will be the ultimate position of Jesus who came to be a servant? Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Let this mind be in you, the followers of Jesus, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found as in fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. But now, wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Paul makes it clear that the time is coming in the future. It's already begun. But the time is coming in the future when this this one who came as a servant, a shamish, that is Jesus, will actually be elevated and exalted above all others— and every knee will bow before him, and every tongue will confess that he, Jesus Christ, is Lord of all, to the glory of God the Father. What an amazing picture the Hanukkah lampstand, the Hanukiah, is of all of these truths concerning Jesus. First of all, he's the light of the world, just as the Hanukkah menorah lights the neighborhood, really, as it is placed in the window of the Jewish home. And that one candle, the servant candle, is the one that is used to light all of the others. Remember that Jesus said that uh, he was the light of the world. Without him, there's no real light. All light comes from him. And so that servant candle... Uh, is used to light all of the others, just as Jesus, the light of the world, brings light into the world. uh, And he came not to be served, but to serve as a servant. But, just as on the Hanukkah, the shamash, the servant candle, already has a position of prominence and elevation above the others, even though it's the servant candle, so the time is coming when Jesus is going to be recognized by all all men of all time, as Lord of all. And so even though the Jewish people not now as a nation are not a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, even by their observance of Hanukkah this year as, as in every year, they are being used by God, perhaps a reluctant priesthood, those who do not yet know Jesus as their Messiah, but as a reluctant priesthood, they're being used by God to declare wonderful gospel truth. And so I would suggest to you that this year at sundown, Thursday, December the 7th, and then uh, for a total of eight days, each of those eight nights, Jewish people, will be placing a Hanukkah in the window of their home. And the message that they will be declaring, whether they know it or not, the message they will be declaring is, Hey, everybody, Yeshua, Jesus, is the light of the world. And he came into this world as a servant, born as a babe in Bethlehem, lived his life as a servant— laid down his life on the cross willingly to pay the penalty for our sins as a servant of all mankind. But God has decided that this very Jesus is exalted above all others, and the time is coming when every knee, either willingly or reluctantly, will bow before Jesus, and every tongue, either willingly or reluctantly, will declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We know that many Jewish people have not yet uh, really made their very own the truth of this message, but it is our hope and prayer, even this year, around the Hanukkah season, that more and more Jewish people will come to recognize Jesus as their Messiah, the light of the world, the servant who came to lay down his life for them, but who is, in fact, Lord of all. That is the purpose of the ministry of HCF, Hebrew Christian Fellowship. And it is my privilege to share these thoughts with you and encourage you to think of them carefully, uh, as together we seek to glorify and honor God during this wonderful season of the year. May God bless you, and thank you so much for joining us for this informal bagel side Chat number three. Thanks for listening to Ancient Words, Modern Message. You can expect a new episode every other Monday, so please join us again. Ancient Words, Modern Message is supported by Hebrew Christian Fellowship. To learn more about our ministry or to ask a question, contact us at hcfellowship4819 at gmail.com. If you know someone who might be interested in this teaching, please share it with them. And please consider leaving a review of what you've heard on Apple Podcast. Your input helps us make our program even better and reach new listeners. All you have to do is open up the podcast app on your phone, look for Ancient Words, Modern Message, scroll down until you see Write a Review, and tell us what you think. Ancient Words, Modern Message is produced by Studio D Podcast Production. And I'm your host, Roger Womble reminding you that the Word of God is living and active. Until next time, showers of blessings on you and those you love.